Welcome back. We are in Brain Energy. My brain energy is all flawed. We just talked about that. Um, brain Energy by Dr. Uh, Chris Palmer. And we are in Chapter 16. Uh, I call this the Captain Obvious chapter, but <laughs> it is. I don't uh, know, man. I got some. I got some interesting tidbits out of it. Yeah. Contributing cause, drugs, and alcohol. Um, I joke, Captain Obvious, but it, it's... You'd probably be surprised at the number of people that don't make the connection between mitochondria and alcohol. I know plenty of people that drink a bottle of wine every evening or four glasses of liquor every evening and would go, oh, I feel a little sluggish in the morning. I have a bit of a hangover, but they've never done the long-term effects on their metabolic health. Never. They've never made that connection. Yeah, because I, I think we all know the physical complications, right, of excessive or, you know, habitual. But in fairness, the effects on mitochondria, I had never considered. I, I think in reading up to where we're I know what you're saying. Is you're going, Cardi, uh, Captain Obvious, alcohol and drugs is bad for you. And it's, you shouldn't do it. And Well, if everything else in my life affects mitochondria, I would expect these two okay. as well. So the, he, he talks about the f- feedback loop here once again, and I thought that that was interesting. That was one of the interesting parts for me. Uh, the feedback loop being you've had a very stressful day, so you're going to go drink a couple glasses of wine and it's going to help you unwind. Meanwhile, you're doing more damage to yourself and you wake up tomorrow and you're depressed or you're, I mean, maybe not from a couple glasses, but you get the point. You start on the snowball effect, right? You don't feel good tomorrow. And then the process starts all over. Well, I think, I, I don't remember where, but doesn't he talk about that it inhibit, inhibits the uh, um, ATP production, which is energy? Yeah. Which kind of makes sense, right? A bunch of mitochondria are chilling out, some alcohol flows into the membrane. They're like, let's chill out. And they they quit doing their job, which is, um, in some parts, to, to create that energy, to create the ATP. Mm-hmm. Is that the right one? So, yeah, he talks about other people get into drugs and alcohol because they are already metabolically compromised, right? So you're already overweight. You already feel like crap. And he mentions, I think, the, the word normal that he some people just already feel like crap and just want a little bit of normalcy to their life. Dude, I used to use that excuse all the time. I have my brain, I've mentioned to you, my brain doesn't shut off, Yeah, right? Literally... I have, my friends would laugh at me, you know, they they say I have a shut off switch, right? That, I mean, I can have, you know, four or five glasses of beer and boom, then it's over. I could be sitting here talking to you and then the next minute it's out like a light. I've never seen that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, they're like, you know, he, he, what, I forget the term that he used, you're, oh, narcoleptic. And they're like, you're narcoleptic, right? You can sit here and be talking to me in the next minute. <clears throat> yeah. You're snoring up a storm. Um, but I think that that's because my, my, my brain literally doesn't shut off. And one of the things that alcohol does for me is take a pause, relax. Now I've learned through my older years to do it in different ways. Um, right. I'm learning the healthy aspect of it rather than what I did in my 30s. Yeah. I mean, 
Some people do this. Some well, people have stressful jobs. Some people I was going to say, man, you mentioned in your 30s, you know, that's a time you're building a career, you're raising a family. I, I mean, the stressors, they're different at our age and they're real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very real. But, but back, you know, back then it's, um, it's a different level, I think. It's, it, high RPS roof over my family's right. head. It was high RPM at that level, you know. Um, they're just lower RPM and, and bigger engines now. <laughs> yeah, you know? they're diesel problems. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so you could have mental, is what he's alluding to, is you could have mental disorders and you're using drugs and alcohol and it's a way to help you normalize your life, but in all honesty, it's causing greater problems. Yeah. It's a short-term fix, you know. We mentioned this a lot with pharmaceuticals in general, right? That a lot of these drugs are, are short-term fixes. They're not long-term fixes. And drugs and alcohol is the same. Yeah, so th- then he, he moves specifically into alcohol and then marijuana. And I'll save you. He goes into, the you know, kind of the science behind alcohol, he, all the different enzymes and... Brain glucose. You know, da-da-da. Yep. Um, but he, he then gets into... Um, you know, some of the studies, I guess, that um, you have it highlighted, I think. Yeah. The- um, Dr. Nora, Nora Volkov, the director of National Institute on Drug Abuse, has been studying the connection between addiction and metabolism for years now. Uh, she said uh, others have discovered some, pro- some surprising findings in chronic alcoholics. When people drink alcohol, their brains use less glucose and energy source and instead use acetate from alcohol. So they, instead of using glucose for their brains, they use acetate from the alcohol as energy. Right. Right. Uh, over time, alcoholics develop a problem with brain glucose and the metabolism. Basically, the acetate no longer works as a form of brain, en- or, or the glucose no... Right. The glucose no longer works as a form of brain energy, and as soon as they drink as again, as soon as they drink again, they feel good again. They get that acetate. They get that acetate. The energy starts flowing again, and they feel good. But if they try to stay sober, all hell breaks loose. Right. Yeah. So, it, and um, it, it, they in that Volkow and others set out to see if they could help these struggling brain cells with something other than alcohol. And I find that it interesting. They turn to the ketogenic diet because what happens in the ketogenic diet? The brain uses stored fat for energy now. So now it's, you're introducing a yeah. third source of potential energy, right? Yeah. So it's like, all right, I mean, and, and you remember the keto flu, right? You remember the keto Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, occasionally you probably still go into it, and occasionally when I do a long fast, I do. Um, basically, the keto flu is that portion of time when your 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 body moves from glucose to to fat energy. Right, it's that where you start to burn ketones, and it's confused. It's your body just like, yeah, I don't feel good. Yeah, yeah. So he wraps up alcohol with um, something I th- I thought was interesting. That um, so he talks about a study where they they put some people on a regular diet and some people on a ketogenic diet, and then they reintroduced alcohol, and the people on keto got impaired faster. So he warns at the end. He says. Um, this this means that if people with alcohol use disorder were to try to ketogenic diet on their own, it could be dangerous. They could get much more intoxicated than usual. Well, it, mm. it, you know, 
<laughs> I will get that from eight, you know, four McDonald's cheeseburgers when you are hungover. It makes you feel better pretty quickly. It soaks it up. It soaks it up, right? But guess what? It's a, you couldn't imagine a steak doing that, right? I mean, right. Right. Well, that makes sense. Um, he moves into marijuana, and I got to say, I, I've never been a big marijuana guy. I, it doesn't like, I, I don't like it at all, right? I've never had it, ever. You see the halo over his head. No, I, I just, <laughs> it's really one of those things I've just stumbled through life without ever. Yeah, it's never really done anything for me. I, you know, back in college, smoke a joint, eat a pizza, fall asleep. I'm made into one day. <laughs> under under wife supervision or something. Right. Uh, but it made sense to me. He says, any substance that reduces mitochondrial function in the correct cells could also reduce, could, could reduce symptoms. So- uh, he touts mar or people have touted marijuana as the cure all drug, right? It helps people with cancer. It helps people with cancer and diet, mental illness, illnesses, fibromyalgia, a ton of a ton of different things, right? So, what he's saying is the marijuana slows down the mitochondria in the cells, right? So that makes sense. Slower, slower mitochondria, slower cells, slow things down a little bit, makes you feel a little bit better, right? But the problem is it slows down the good ones, not just the bad ones, right? Right. So long-term effects, again, it might be a short-term solution, but you're going to have some long-term effects. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I don't know. I really do wonder about that uh, one, uh, only because it's completely natural. If, if you were to replace big pharma with weed, I think it would be a win- I'm not saying that. I'm saying that probably it's a great first step, but you should definitely try. I, I'm not just fix it and right. not be all right. Weed is my 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 fix. I guess problem. my point is in the alcohol and drugs chapter, I would have led with big pharma. There you go. He left it out. It's not in here. That's, you know, it's probably a good point. So, um. <laughs> That's pretty much it. He, he starts wrapping up the chapter um, at that point and just really um, reinforcing that drugs and alcohol affect your metabolism and your mitochondria. Um, you know, and I, I guess this includes even, he says, caffeine, tobacco, yep. you know, right. So, uh, and at, at the very end, if you're having trouble, you know, stopping any of this on your own, get professional help. Right. Kind of like what you'd expect. So... Um, next what, chapter. What is it? What? That's yeah. And it's physical activity, and I won't get into it because I, 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 it's after my own heart, obviously. But I, uh, I, I think we're gonna have some really interesting points to add to this one. Yeah. All right. All right. So we'll see you next time, folks. He Heather, eleven forty-eight. There you go. Huh? What? Well, <laughs> we've been getting in trouble for going too long, so. Questions, comments, concerns, hit us at snackcast.yes.fit. Stay moving. See you.